0: Thank anybody so else
1: much. very good okay one more thank yeah you. one more up here or even a couple go ahead Tara. Well, my mom's here with me yay I'm so excited <laughs> and I want to thank my mom for always being our just number one support and yeah. um, cheerleader in life and everything in life yeah amen right on thank you now I can't s- talk now <laughs> I'm crying I don't know why I put my makeup on this morning <laughs> Um, I want to thank Steve for his mom for the last 45 years of our marriage. We lost her a couple years ago, but we feel like she's here with us this morning. Yeah. And she was the center for yeah. all of us. And Amen. The hub. We loved her. Awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. All right. All right, thank you for your contributions on that. You know, mothers uh, are great influences, and they, so many of them have super powerful impacts on our lives. You can look back in history at some great names, uh, some great people in history that attribute a lot of their greatness to their mothers, to their mothers. Check out a- Abraham Lincoln, for example, and such like that, so you'll you'll see that. My mom, you know, <laughs> so... Um, When I was growing up, I was like in the 6th or 7th grade, tough years, okay? Somebody say those were tough years. They really were. So I started to get a mouth on me, I mean, saying some things that I shouldn't have. I remember just before I was going to go down the stairs into the basement, my mom caught me after she heard me say something that I shouldn't have said, okay? I probably took the Lord's name in vain, something, you know, like that, which is wrong, and she said, "Davy, you should get down on your knees right now and ask God for forgiveness." She just abruptly stopped me in my tracks and called me to the attention of God. That's what my mom did for me, and that's just—I've carried that, and uh, it has actually helped me to guard my lips. Thank you, mom. We'd go to church, the whole family, every Sunday. We didn't even miss. Sunday church by the way on vacations okay okay that was my mom (laughs) primarily the driver spiritually in our home so um, we would find ourselves in the pew at church on Sundays and my brother he's a year and a half younger than me my mom during a special time in the church service would close her eyes that's when we'd open ours and look down at mom because you know what my mom would do She'd beat on her chest three times, just like that. Eyes closed, sincerely devout. And us boys, especially boys, uh, two boys needed it, not so much my sisters, but us boys, we looked down there, and we'd kind of have a little snicker on our face, and we'd kind of look at each other, (laughs) Mom, look at Mom. But I guarantee you that we took away from that that my mom was sincere about her faith, God okay friends there's influences and moms don't don't ever don't ever dismiss the kind of influence you can have because there's somebody watching you and it's likely to be your children first and foremost they're watching you those experiences remind me of the story uh, of a preacher who on his day off was building a wooden trellis right to support a climbing vine And he was pounding away at it, and he noticed a little boy that was watching him. He kind of stopped on his bike and was just kind of peering at him and and studying him and kind of looking closely at him with an expectation. And so the youngster didn't say anything, and the preacher just kept on working, thinking that the boy would eventually leave, but he didn't. And uh, pleased at the thought that uh, his work was being admired by this little uh, youngster, (laughs) the preacher finally said, are you trying to pick up on some pointers on gardening. And that little boy said, "No, I'm just waiting to hear what a preacher says when he hits his thumb with a hammer." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're always being um watched. You just don't know. You may be on display. Friends, you may be influencing someone even when you don't realize it. You may be influencing someone. Jesus said these words, "You Are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And that's just like ordinary table salt, or like this table salt here, or uh, this ordinary lamp that's uh, just ordinary items that we use day by day. Things that are rather powerful change agents if you stop to think about it for a moment. They have great influence. Just a little salt can make a, a, gr- a great change in a steak, can't it, guys? Yeah, oh, yeah. It can, it, can, it can matter with respect to food. A little a lamp, even, just a small one in a room that's totally pitch dark can change that room. Jesus used those two ordinary change agents, we might say, to describe those who would be trying to follow him. You and me, perhaps, this morning. You are the salt of the earth, Jesus said. You are the light of the world. Jesus is saying, number one, you're influential. You are. Do you believe that? Let's just say it. I am influential. Say that with me. I am influential. You are. You may not think you are, <laughs> but you really are. In some ways, you are you're 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 ordinary. You might say I am I'm I'm not Abraham Lincoln. I'm I'm not I'm not a, a big name, but you're like salt, ordinary, or like a lamp, light, ordinary but powerful change agent in its place. In Elmer Beninger's book, the F- the fall of fortresses, he describes one bombing run over the. A German city of Kassel in World War II. He said our B-17 was barraged by flak from Nazi anti-aircraft guns. That was not unusual, but on this particular occasion, our gas tanks were hit. Later, as I reflected on the miracle of a 20-millimeter shell piercing the fuel tank without touching off an explosion, our pilot, Bon Fox, told me it was not quite that simple. He goes on to write, on that morning following the raid, Bond had gone down to ask our crew chief for that shell as a souvenir of unbelievable luck. The crew chief explained that not just one shell, but 11 had been found in the gas tanks. 11 unexploded shells where only one was sufficient to blast us out of the sky, it was as if the sea had been parted for us. Even after 35 years, he writes, that so awesome an event leaves me shaken, especially after I heard the rest of the story from Bon. He was told that the shells had been sent to the armorers to be diffused. The armorers told him that intelligence had picked them up. They could not say why at the time, but Bond eventually sought out the answer. Apparently, when the armorers opened each of those shells, they found no explosive charge. They were as clean as a whistle and just as harmless. But not all of them were empty. One contained a carefully rolled piece of paper. On it was a scrawl in check, check that read, this is all we can do for you now. The Germans, you see, forced the Czechs to work in their munitions factories. And the Czechs were slaves for them during World War II. But they fought back in their own small way. This is all we can do for you now. Do you think they felt like they couldn't do very much? You know, they're prisoners, and they're working against the allied forces for the Germans at the time? Do you think they did do a lot? They had some influence? I bet you could ask any man who was on that bomber at the time (laughs) that they did a great deal. You know, for us, Jesus could have said, you're the stars of the world, not the salt of the earth. He said, you're you're kings and queens and presidents and prime ministers. You're going to be the movers and shakers of the world, like the Einsteins or the Churchills, perhaps. People of enormous intellect, perhaps, or or power and position, or whatever we might think. But what did he say? Jesus didn't pick those kinds of things to describe you and me if we're following Jesus and trying to have an impact or an influence for him, which is what we want to do as a church, to know Jesus but not just to know him for ourselves and all the wonderful benefits and blessings that, that that means for us today and in eternity, but to make him known, to go and make disciples, to become fishers of men, to become influencers for the name of Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus wants us, and so he picks, picks up ordinary change agents like salt and light, and he describes us with, with that. Uh, you're like you're to be the salt of the earth. You're to be the light of, of the world. And we take them often for granted, don't we? <laughs> but you wouldn't want to live without them, would you? That would be a bummer to have popcorn without salt. Somebody say amen. amen. Oh, you guys are okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so we got this ordinary stuff, but ordinary change agents. But for some reason, these are... These can be highly influential in their own small but powerful ways, like salt. What does salt do? It seasons and it preserves, especially at that time, especially the preservative quality of salt. In Jesus' day, before the advent of refrigeration, salt was placed on meat and on fish to preserve them, prevent decay. And of course, it was sprinkled on food to season, enhance flavor, and such. Uh, and, and so, v- very important primary uses that they would have dealt with and had available um, among some others, but those are the primary ones. You are the salt of the earth, God says. God wants us to be seasoning uh, influence on the world around us. He wants us to to spice up life and make people thirsty for God, perhaps. He wants us to be a preserving influence on the world around us. I believe this for sure. You and I are to live in such a way that we arrest, arrest the tide of moral decay in our culture. We don't want to join it. We don't want to go down that path. We don't want to get swept down that river. No, we want to wait a minute. I'm gonna I gotta live a different way. We're to have a purifying, preserving influence on people. God sprinkles us around your neighborhood through your work environments. He sprinkles you around in in, in the social engagements of your life to ultimately save others, to be part of the solution for their lives here and in eternity. That's what God's trying to do with us as salt and as light. What does light do? Light illuminates. Think about it for a minute. Light makes it possible to see. If we don't have light, we really cannot see. And the more light we have, the more color, the more vivid we can see. Powerful what light does, it makes invisible things visible. Think about it. You're the light of the world, Jesus said. Out of the light of the world, you and I make the invisible God visible to those around us. We're to live in such a way that others can see God's love and life through us. Isn't that cool? (laughs) And then are drawn to him uh, as a result of that. Light illuminates. You are the light of the world, Jesus said to you and to me. As Jesus said these things, he was concerned about something, though. He was concerned because influence can be lost. Influence can be lost. He wants us, desires us to be influencers, to make the good news known to a world that needs it so badly. If we look at what the full text says there, and you can see it on your uh, folder, it said uh, in uh, verse 13, you are the salt of the earth, but Jesus goes on to say, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot, so Jesus has a concern. As he shares who we really are, you are influential. He's a concern that we might lose that influence. He wants us to understand that there's that possibility. You are the light of the world. And he goes on to say a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, Jesus says in verse 16 there, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father. Who is in heaven. You see, the world's going to relate to us in a certain way, and just a couple verses before these verses, 13 through 16, are these verses. Listen closely, verses 11. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And then he said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You think there's a connection between the way the world might treat those who are trying to follow Jesus and make him known and what, what we're to respond with, what we're to be to that world? The world might relate to us by persecuting or trying to even stop our message. And more and more, that could be true in our time and place, okay? Most of us get that. But we're to relate to the world as a follower of Jesus by being salt and light, trying to influence that world, to change it just like the prophets did. Who were persecuted? Something to think about. Jesus is concerned that fear, fear of that stopping power of culture sometimes or the persecution that might come down on people that are proclaiming the name could, could, could cause some of that saltiness Or that we might cover our light some. He's perhaps concerned about that. And let's just take that on, head on right now. What would it be that would cause our influence to be lost? I would say one thing could be compromise. Compromise. Compromising who we really are in Christ. To avoid, perhaps... A pushback uh, perhaps a retaliation or a persecution being who we are might mean we might not be in favor with some people but we're still to try to flavor the situation we're still to try to be the salt and the light we still are called to be what we are you are the salt of the earth you are the light of the world but compromises in respect to salt, salt loses its saltiness in that day, especially by the contaminants that got involved with it. Uh, and, and it would gradually lose its ability to do what it's supposed to do uh, through many contaminants mixed in. And in our lives, too, our potency for Christ will be diminished, reduced if we allow contaminants to get aboard and start to reduce our potency as a salty people for Jesus Christ. What does that? For me, sin can do that. For me, compromise uh, and unwilling to share the full truth, sometimes when it might be the most wise to do so. People need the truth, and we're to do it in love, but they still need the truth. There's a lot of falsehood. There's a lot of deception and downright lies sometimes that's, uh, you know, in our culture, that's all around. People need to know the gospel truth about this life and the life beyond. And if we don't share it, who will? That's one of the reasons we're here, out in this area that's growing and booming. That's one of the reasons we're sending people to be with Kyle and Ruth out in the Salmon Creek area, because there's a need for more truth-tellers. There's a need for more salt. There's a need for more light. People need these things. They're absolutely vital and necessary. Thank you for being aboard the branch in the purposes and the pathway that God has placed us on here. And so we're to live in this world, but not of it. We're we're not to let it compromise us. We're to maintain our our potency, but we must also maintain our proximity. We must be present with people so that we can be light. We, they can see better life through the light of God's word, through the light of God's being and the truth that, is, is, that, that he is to us. The early disciples, you know, led by Paul, uh, turned the world upside down in their day. <laughs> they really did because they were uh, salt and light. They, they were... Uh, Uh, they were potent with the gospel of truth and they were proximate. They were present in the cultures that needed that so desperately. And we're there too, friends. You're there too. And we call ourselves to this because we're led by Jesus Christ. He wants us to know these things. He wants us to have all the blessings of the Beatitudes and then he quickly moves to this. This is who you are. Understand there will be pushback, just like there was to the prophets of old. There were preachers of God's word at that time. And so, um, we must make the most of, your, of our influence. That's the third point. We must make the most of our influence. If you're writing these down, there you go. Jesus concludes, we might even say, by this. He says, be different. Have that character. Be salt and light. And here's a scripture verse to take home. Do not be conformed to this world. There's a push uh, you know, an influence from the world, from people that may not know Jesus yet, may not understand this message that he carries, that may not have it figured out that there's a world beyond this. this. This life is the dot. We're trying to live for the line, not just for the dot. There's, a, there's an afterlife that's grand and great, and the promises' ultimate fulfillment comes the next life. That is the one beyond our death here, the time Christ comes again. Don't ever think otherwise. There's a reality to the future. And just as you're here on this day, there is a day when you will die and you will face a judgment before God Almighty, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who rules all. He's all sovereign, friends. He is also the ultimate judge of you and of me. We need desperately the saving grace of Jesus Christ whom he sent out of his amazing love for every soul and desires that we would be with him forever and ever. And so God, God wants us to not be confirmed. He wants us to be conformed rather, but transformed. He wants us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. As we stay in our Bible, we gain the mind of God. We gain the mind of Christ. We understand truth. Through the scriptures, the special verbal revelation that He's given to us to open our hearts and minds to understanding the realities of this world and the next, we may prove then what the will of God is—that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Friends, that's what—that's a goal for us, and it'll make us potent, as salt is to that steak you might have later today. Is like it'll just boom! It'll make us light to the darkness, even of our minds. It'll illuminate us to know more about what's real and true. And we won't be deceived. We won't fall into the smoke and mirrors of the culture that might have a falsehood that wants us to follow, might have a lie that wants us to turn to. We'll know the truth. It'll set us free, Jesus said. And so, friends, these are the things that God wants us to do, to be present in that culture, not of it, but in it, to do good and to engage Uh, And to ask ourselves, what can I do for someone now? No matter where you find yourself, just as those Czechs found themselves in prison, slaves to make munitions to bring down and destroy their own countrymen and, and allied forces. What can I do now? in the place I am. You may not think you have much influence. I beg to differ with you. You can be salt and light and be transformed more and more into that powerful, potent change agent that people need so desperately today. This guy said uh, he was in line checking out at a store. Look, I'm in a hurry. You made a mistake. The sign says $9.99, and you only charged me $1.99. Please make this correct so I can get on. I got some things I've got to get done. And she said, "Sir, I didn't make a mistake." He said, "Sure, you did. <laughs> There's a sign. Here's a receipt. Please take. Please make the correction. You know, I, I, I." I I owe you some more money come on well he, she said sir I, I still i didn't make him a mistake. Well, what do you mean she said well i can i can tell you the rest of the story and he was in a hurry uh, so can you just let me finish for just a minute here and uh there was no one else in line and so she said recently my life has been falling apart and i needed to get back into church it's some kind of a faith journey and I was looking around at what was closest to me, and I found the name of a church, and I went there last Sunday. And I slipped in and sat in the back row. The pastor that day was speaking on integrity. Sir, it happened to be your church. And you don't know me, but you were the, you were the one bringing that, that message. And when I saw you in my line today, (laughs) I wondered if this was something you preached on Sunday or lived on Monday. And I determined to find out. So I switched the sign. She said, sir, I don't even know the right questions to ask. But I know that whatever you've got, I need. And then she began to cry. our lives are on display. There's little grandkids watching us. There's kids watching us. There's neighbors watching you. They know you're in church. They, there's people in your work environments that are watching to see if you take extra copies and just walk off of them. There, there's all kinds of ways in which your life is on display and thus your life and influence God calls you to be calls me to be salt and light in fact that's what we are as his followers what a privilege that is for us let's pray almighty God thank you for bringing the fullness of the light of your being to this planet in the person of Jesus who claimed himself the light of the world and we claim that light today that Jesus is the Christ, the Savior, the Son of the living God and oh we desire to be like him in the sense of being light that he's calling us to be as we journey toward the place that he's made for us in heaven. <laughs> toward this everlasting life. Oh, God, thank you for these words of challenge to us, a reminder to us in many ways, perhaps, but also a challenge to be the saltiest, saltiest, salty Christian we can be for people around us, to be pure as we can be in our heart, oh, God, to be poor in our spirit, to be these people that, oh, God, can, can lead people as they, as they may just observe whether or not we're really followers of the name of christ i know we're going to do it imperfectly but thank you god that you're calling us to be this thank you for jesus and these words and this talk that he gave that can be so important to to us even today as a reminder and as a challenge so help us oh god and anyone here that's needing to take a step closer to be more proximate to jesus to make a decision even perhaps this morning to say I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna follow more closely the one who is my savior the one who changed the world i want to be part of the changing church the church that can truly change the world the hope of the world is rests in in christ and his body the church and oh god Help us as the branch to be engaged in the community, continue to do those good works in big and small events, to be sending people as a church, to be a catalyst to, to, to helping people to understand that discipleship is being that salt and light. It's so important. We are grateful, oh God, and just exclaim that to you in our hearts right now. Thank you for your word this morning. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. And. And want to invite all of you, as we close through this last song, uh, to complete the card here, this connection card, this uh, bigger size connection card and and anything on there that you'd like to check and turn into us. We were so so grateful to get this. There's some uh, branch planter pots at the tables and at the end of the rows here in the uh, mid seating section. Those of you that have children, please uh, go retrieve your children after we after this song is complete. Help yourself to some more food, refreshments. Greet uh, some folks on the way out, too. And uh, thank you for coming. Happy Mother's Day, all you moms. Have a stand, please. Stand up and sing this great last song. Let's respond to that great sermon. Amen.